folks, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. I have a fabulous guest today, um, my good friend, Alana, from Resound Marketing, and she is going to be helping work through some additional PR questions. You folks have so many questions about PR, so I'm so glad that we're able to have Alana on today so that she can cover um, all of your questions and maybe I can help and shed some in insight as well from what I understand about PR from my experience. Um, if you're just joining us, welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. Um, we are live every single week uh, and we do both um, a video version of this so you can watch as a live feed as well as a recording. So you're either listening to me or watching me or both. So uh, if you'd like to check out um, past episodes of the Social Marketing Academy, please go to my agency's website, which is the Go Agency. Um, you can find us online, gosalesandmarketing.com. Again, that's gosalesandmarketing.com. And as soon as you go there, check out the podcast page. There will be all of the past shows, all of the videos, all of the audio, and all of the links to our guests. Now, why do I tell you to go there and look at that? All of those guests are experts that are in my network that you could work with. They're perfect people if you need help with affiliate marketing, if you need help with PR, if you need help with um, display advertising. There's lots of different opportunities there for you to reach out to them. So there's links to their websites. They all have really great resources. So just let me be your connector. I can connect you with those people. So just check out the podcast. And also, if you would like an introduction, just ask. I'm happy to do it for you if you would like to meet anybody. Um, and they'd love to hear from you. They're, 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 uh, we all have a very common ethos, which is we want everyone to achieve their goals in whatever they're trying to do. So we want to help take you there. And that's what we do at the Go Agency through our digital campaigns as well. But I want to introduce you. I digress. And I want to talk about um, our guest today, my friend, Alana Zelenka. Alana is the um, CEO and founder of Resound Marketing. Um, with, she has more than 20 years of experience helping B2B and consumer brands navigate the world of PR and marketing within food and beverage, health and wellness, toys and games, enterprise tech, and more. Pretty much, I would consider Ilana to be my go-to if I'm looking for some honest insights about PR, just kind of like just really off the cuff. Um, just feedback on what's happening with the industry. So I'm really happy to be able to have her on and we're all lucky to have her. Here she is. Alana, welcome. Thanks for joining Thank the you. Social Marketing Academy. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no, great. I, so I just um, introduced you just slightly to the audience, but would you like to say a few words about yourself? Sure, just we'll mention that, I'm sure you already mentioned that I'm the founder of Resound Marketing. Uh, we've been around for more than 20 years. So obviously I started when I was just 10 years old. Um, not true, but you know, trying to not date myself too much. Um, and you know, what I love about uh, being a, a founder of an agency is that over the last 20 years, we've seen so many changes in the PR right. world. And so mm. it's been really exciting even though we've been around a long time, I feel like we're constantly reinventing ourselves to kind of stay with the times and make sure that we're ahead of things. So it's been an exciting journey so far. Yeah, and what an exciting journey that it's been um, since like the past uh, the past year. I mean- <laughs> The last year alone, right? <laughs> yeah, the last year alone. I mean, you're just saying that and I'm just thinking like, yeah, that is actually my full last year. <laughs> like, yeah, right, exactly. feels like 20 years anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so- uh, 
so let's go into, um, we got some great questions. We got a lot of questions actually. Um, anytime that we have PR as a topic, okay, this is just something interesting for you. Anytime that we have PR as a topic, we get a lot of questions about this. And, um, and one of the things I've, I've kind of noticed as a trend over the past year, within the people that I'm, I'm meeting and discussing and the prospects and the, and the consulting appointments I have, is that people are warming up to PR. They're warming up to the idea of PR faster. Yeah, Because I, I, I worked at an agency just doing market before I started the Go Agency, like it was like 13 or 14 years ago. Um, when I was 15 and the, uh, you know, we, <laughs> when I was working in that agency, I was, I was seeing the value of it because I was just marketing the agency. I wasn't marketing, I wasn't doing PR. And uh, so I always recommend it to clients that I think could use it. And they were like, yeah, 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 I don't have time. I'm getting on a plane, I have for dinner, I have clients and then all of that stopped. And I think that they kind of started to lean into concepts that were a little bit harder to pick up before. Are you yeah. seeing that? Yeah, you know, PR, I think, ironically, gets a bad rep and PR yes. needs its own PR sometimes. And I think what often happens is that it's certainly one of the lowest items on the totem pole when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. And especially in the last year, we've seen, you know, PR, people were putting the brakes on PR during mm -hmm. COVID when actually they should have been increasing PR because Agreed. it's such a great way to keep, you know, awareness going. But yeah, I think that often what happens is that people don't think about PR until they've usually seen a competitor in the news and they have PR envy or they <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, need a better way. They're, they're seeing that other things they're doing either aren't working or just need a boost. We really look at PR as working very beautifully with other aspects of marketing and they should work together. Whereas mm -hmm. sometimes brands will prioritize and say, you know, let's do this and then we'll look at PR. They're, they really work nicely together. So they start to realize that. And then I think PR is getting its due in a way um, mm -hmm. where people are starting to say, you know, this is something I should be looking at, especially over the last year, people have realized that it's just an important way to stay top of mind. Yeah, and that's and so right. Uh, and this is kind of one of the things where when, when a client will come to me, a prospective client, and say, you know, I want more visibility. And I, and I will say, well, what is in your visibility basket? Like, what are you, what tools are you utilizing currently? And they never say PR and I always say PR. And then it's like, well, I, I, we, <laughs> I write press releases, you know, the usual crap. Yes, I, I know yes. PR Newswire, I can, I can get a hundred dollar uh, press release to every uh, Google search. Nice. Um, but okay, so let's talk about a, a, a subject that I think a lot of people were kind of questioning, just not really clear on in affiliate PR. Is affiliate PR the same as affiliate marketing? How does, how would you explain that? So the way I'd explain it is this is something new that we've seen over the last couple of years. And when I talked to you earlier, just about how things have changed, one of the biggest changes we've seen in the last even two, three years is that the media is struggling. They are yes. falling apart, quite frankly, right? The ad rates are crazy. Nobody wants to advertise in media. The magazines are getting thinner. Some of them are going out of business completely. They're putting news behind a paywall. The magazines, the newspapers, the media is desperate to right. be relevant, to compete with social media. They're, they're having a hard time. So they're looking for ways to integrate, you know, kind of a, a, some paid opportunities into what is formerly really importantly earned media. 
mm. credibility, visibility, visibility, all the things that you get from PR. So what we're seeing is sort of this subtle shift with media. Actually, in some cases, it's not so subtle, and we can talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but with affiliate, what we're seeing, and this is really heavy with consumer media, that you're seeing a lot of roundups of news items, top 10 weighted blankets when you're freezing cold, or 100 things you should buy your mom for Mother's Day, all of these cute little roundups. And what you're noticing is a little disclaimer at the top that's saying... We take pride in choosing the best products for you. But if you click the link in this story, we're going to make a couple of bucks off the sale. Mm. And this is something that a lot of these outlets are moving towards to mm. start to earn commissions on PR placements. Mm -hmm. And it's a very interesting hybrid. And this is where the, the change is, is really notable is that there's, there's paid opportunities out there that are very obviously paid. And there's earned media that is just pure earned visibility. This right. is kind of a hybrid. Mm. It's somewhere in the middle um, because you're still getting that credible placement. You're still being considered. You're not guaranteed to make the cut if you can give the media that affiliate commission, Right. but it's giving you an edge to get into these stories because you're able to do that. So it's a really interesting new development that we're seeing for consumer brands mm. um, to get into places like BuzzFeed, Wirecutter, mm. Today Show, all of these top tier media outlets um, to actually, you know, get a, get a piece of the pie because it's sort of a symbiotic relationship of I'm going to make you a sale. You're going to give me a cut of it and everyone's going to be happy. Hmm. I really like that model. It, it's, it's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of this on because uh, as you know, we're so uh, Go Agency does social media and that's like one of our yeah. specialty areas. Um, all the different social media platforms, everyone is looking to get paid for their content now. So everyone Absolutely. is, everything is moving into more of an exchange. So even um, Twitter is one of the things that um, they're developing and rolling out is um, the uh, just uh, subscriptions to, um, right. to Twitter accounts that you're now going to have to pay for to get exclusive content. So this pay gating is happening quite a bit. And, yeah. um, and also it's so funny when we were talking, when, when I saw this question, I was thinking to myself, I've heard the word affiliate marketing five times in the last week. Yeah. And it's like, everybody is getting scrappy. And again, affiliate marketing, absolutely terrifying to companies. They have no idea what it is. No idea. Yeah. And actually it can be very scary because, and, and you asked the question, you know, what's the difference between affiliate PR and affiliate marketing? Yeah. Affiliate marketing can be very valuable to a company, but it can also be abused in a way. There are a lot of small bloggers out there or deal sites, coupon sites that brands don't necessarily want to be part of their affiliate program. So when you're planning out an affiliate marketing program, it's really important to look at who you want your audience to be. And affiliate PR is sort of a subset of that where you're really taking the concept of affiliate marketing and you're applying it to traditional PR outreach. So it's a really interesting new approach um, and we actually have a couple of clients where they've had affiliate marketing programs set up that were essentially inactive until mm -hmm. we started leveraging it on the PR side. And that really boosted everything that they oh. were doing. And that was really interesting. Um, the other piece that's interesting for looking at this from a PR perspective and for brands in particular is that when we talked earlier about our brands coming around to PR, oh. often the question with PR is, what is my ROI? it's really hard to track yeah. with PR because it's visibility and visibility mm -hmm. is great, but you cannot always follow that click through 
like you can with social media and other, you know, marketing tools. What's cool about affiliate PR is that now you can not only track that click through, but often you can track direct sales coming from those media placements, which is something that we've never been able to say to a client in the past, we are going to actually get a tangible ROI from this media placement. So what type of, um, uh, what kind of company is a good fit for this? For the affiliate PR? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a it's a really good fit for consumer brands first and foremost. That's sure. where we're seeing the most action, if you will. Again, you know those Buzzfeeds of the world. All of the uh, magazine publishers are starting to build out their own affiliate programs. So Condé Nast and Hearst, they're all mm. really moving in this direction. Um, but we are seeing it in other instances with you know, other kinds of companies, B2B companies, it really depends on who your audience is again. And if the media outlet that you're targeting is employing this sort of process. Mm. That's really interesting. And I, I think it'd be really interesting too, to see the success rate of them as well, based on getting on these lists and the click-throughs and the metrics. Because Absolutely. It, I mean, cause it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing with social media. I would say 10 years ago, uh, it was, uh, What's the ROI? Well, there's 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 two right. different ROIs. There's the return on investment and the return on influence. And we had to really lean into the influence part 10 years ago because we didn't right. have a lot of ways to monetize it. Um, I but- love that phrase, return on influence. I think that that's, that's a key element, but that's also why sometimes people just, that's not tangible enough for them, unfortunately, it should be. No, it should be. And it's and it's it's the same reason why they don't understand PR. I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of, I understand PR. I will do PR for my own firm and myself as a thought leader. Like I understand do I, and it's kind of like, okay, well, look how expensive that is. And it's just like, but this is not, this is just, I have to do this because this is part of the undercurrent to keep you current um, and in front of everybody and on top of the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, um, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say that that's really important in terms of, you know, again, well, before opportunities like this came about, that's the most important part about PR is that visibility and credibility. You cannot buy that credibility in most cases. So Mm -hmm. you're getting something of value from PR that isn't always as tangible, but it's, it's cumulative. And over time, you really start to see a difference. You see that share of voice pick up, you see you're up against your competitors and it does have value over time. It's just not as tangible. So affiliate PR kind of gives that boost where you can track it a little more closely you can see the results. I wouldn't replace a full-blown PR program with affiliate PR if you're still looking for feature stories and more Mm in-depth thought leadership and all of those things that come with traditional earned PR. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, So is affiliate PR considered like pay for play or pay for performance? I think it's sort of a hybrid right now. I think it it definitely has an element, you know, I will say that it's not a guarantee, right? So you can have your affiliate program set up and and actually it works with, if you are selling on a major retail site, Walmart, Mm -hmm. Amazon, any of Target, those kind of have affiliate built in and the media loves working with brands that are available on those major retail sites. But if you're selling direct to consumer, no problem. There are platforms out there like share a sale and commission junction you can set up your own affiliate program and the media will work with those. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, having that in place is not a guarantee. It will get you in the door. You will make a shorter list because the media is, is now determining, okay, we can't even look at products that don't have that option. But mm-hmm. once you're in there, 
you still have to stand out in the same way you would with traditional yes. earned PR. So it's pay for play in the sense that it gets your foot in the door, but there's mm -hmm. still this huge earned component where you have to combine the fact that you're set up with affiliate with all the things that you would normally do to stand out to a journalist. You have to have a creative pitch. You have to have a timely angle. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be a good compelling reason for them to include you. So what we're doing is we're, we're combining that affiliate setup with our usual way of pitching, you know, going out there with really great timely tie-ins for the media proactively and making mm -hmm. sure that you're on their radar and top of mind when it comes to building those roundups for affiliate. Yeah, and, and that's this kind of leads to the next question, I think is uh, that's kind of right on the same track, which is what's the difference between earned and paid PR? Yeah, so we talk about this a lot because in the past, this was church and state, right? You could yeah. not pay for PR. So when we talk about earned, that's really using your own hustle or the help of a, an agency partner or a freelancer, whoever's going to help you do PR. Um, to get out there. And of course, you're paying for the services of that person. But otherwise, all of the coverage that you get, there is no fee attached. The media is writing about you because they feel you're worth writing about. And that's earned. That's yeah. credible. That's really going to get you the visibility that you're looking for. And, and it kind of it not just contributes to share a voice, as we talked about, but really elevates your profile. Right. Um, you know, purely paid. You see things like this all the time. You could see, and actually I shouldn't say that because sometimes it's very subtle the way that yeah. pay for play PR works. There are a mm -hmm. lot of things that we like to call advertorials where it mm -hmm. looks like an article, but somewhere in fine print, you're going to see that it's paid. Um, you see satellite media tours on TV where even today, there are morning shows across the country in certain markets where there are sponsored segments, but it feels like Mm -hmm. a regular morning show segment. So you're starting to see more of those paid opportunities creep up, but more people like this hybrid approach where it has a paid component, but it still feels earned. Mm -hmm. And I think a really, uh, uh, just if you're not familiar with the, the paid spots, um, a really good way of spotting them is anytime they have roundups of products um, and they're showing them, or if it's a daily deal, or I mean, <laughs> literally, there's a segment on The View where it's all paid. There's a segment on GMA that's all paid. Today's show, yes. all of these things. I was watching something the other day and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so aggressive. It was a, it was a celebrity segment where they were doing a celebrity interview and then they just pulled out all of the skincare. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's getting, it's a little disheartening to be honest, especially <laughs> being in the, in the industry for so long to see that you can kind of sell out and, and there are some advantages to that because you are still getting, you know, mm. that visibility, but I do think the hybrid elements are more important in yeah. just being a little, the more subtle it is, the more credible it is. And so ultimately you got to look at your gauge of the credibility that you're looking for. If you just want to be out there and you don't care, you could do those things, but I think credibility still goes a long way. And mm. I think at some point we're going to start to see kind of this shift where the real earned elements stand out because people are going to get tired. Like you said, it's starting to get very aggressive and a little bit more obvious. Yes. And I think also that like, if we're looking at this too, it's, it's one of the things that I always say about social media, because social media is kind of a, a, a online PR. It, it, it's, it's maybe your Facebook page is not generating leads for or leads or customers, 
what it's doing is when they're vetting you, it's going to make you look credible. It makes you look like you have an audience. If they Google yeah. your name or your company and all the product reviews are sterling, there's all sorts of articles where you're being, you're showing up. This is how people vet you. And if you're going for next level deals, which are very, very large, those Google searches, they are, they are searching for you. They are looking Absolutely. for reasons not to invest with you. Yeah. So this, this earned stuff is so important. It's so important. And I think it raises a really excellent point, which is thinking about your goals when it comes yeah. to marketing. So we talk about this often with our clients, because a lot of times a client will come in and say, I want to be on the Today Show. And that's great, but that's not a goal. <laughs> yeah. That is, you know, we need to talk more about what you're trying to accomplish here. So we've had clients that have no business being on the Today Show. They don't have a story for the Today Show. They yeah. would be much better off in you know, retail dive, because that's the audience that they're targeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's think about what those goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. And that can be anything from, you know, sales. Okay. If you're looking purely to drive sales, then maybe that earned visibility isn't for you because you need something more tangible. Maybe there are mm -hmm. other marketing tools that you should be using to drive right. leads, but if it's visibility, if it's credibility, if it's, you know, anything that has to do with, you know, again, you have sort of your tangible and then you're less tangible, but over time they contribute to a greater good, like you're yep. describing, then that's important. So, you know, we really think about PR can deliver so many different things, partnerships, retail, you know, relationships, consumer sales, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you just want to be out there in the mix, being a thought leader, it's is so important. And the other thing that's great about PR, when you think about goals is you want to be able to use PR and the content that's created from PR in all of the rest of your marketing mix. And that's mm -hmm. where I think all of the different aspects of marketing work so well together, which is getting on the today show is great in and of itself, but you've got to do more with that placement than just rest on your laurels, sit back mm -hmm. and, and expect everything to roll in. Now you've got to push that out on social media. You've got to put that as seen on today's show on your website. There are so many different things that you can mm -hmm. do to leverage that content um, to do more with it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the one, one thing I've noticed as kind of like a trend with clients that are doing that have engaged with PR agencies prior to um, signing up with us for anything is right. that I don't care about the PR agency. The PR agency is kept like in a closet over here. <laughs> And um, so then I will start seeing placements and I'll be like, where the hell did you get in 17 magazine? <laughs> like, how did you do that? And, and, and they're like, oh, that was our PR team. And I said, well, why are we not talking? Why are we not yes. sharing this? It, it's like, it, I think, and this is a big, this is a big hint for, for I, I always say, if you don't know what to, if you, if you don't know how to do something, find a specialist that can either consult you, lead you in the direct right direction or handle it for you. And if it takes a team of consultants or a team of specialists, on someone needs to project manage all of this because all of them need to be speaking to one another in one way, shape, or form. Because, for 100%. example, if Alana, you're working on something and you know it's hitting and it's, everyone's biting, and, and like this target audience is because guess what? If you're pitching um, magazines, you have all the demos. So I can then get those demos, put it into social media advertising. Then we can reposition pictures change the email marketing campaigns. Like it's like so Absolutely. many things. So many things. I'm so glad you brought that up because we say this all the time. We play very nicely in the sandbox. You have to play nicely in the sandbox. Yes. We're all here for the same purpose to help our client accomplish a goal. 
and it all needs to work together. And I'll say too, it's not only about taking what we're doing and promoting it on other channels, but some of the things that you're working on, the, the themes that you're incorporating into mm -hmm. social media posts, the content that you guys are creating can inspire topics that we could be pitching and vice versa. Yes. So there's so much happening, even just on the creative side mm -hmm. that we can all benefit from as well as the results side to help boost that and make sure that it's getting as far and wide as it can. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's an old school way of thinking that um, agencies don't like agencies. Right. And, and I think the funny thing is that we all are going through the same stuff. So we Absolutely. all have, like we're all kindred spirits. Absolutely. So. And I'll tell you a story from when I first started Resound uh, 20 years ago. Um, I went to my first networking event, which was a local chamber of commerce event. And I was very intimidated, you know, it was my first time kind of getting yeah. out there and networking. I, at the time, as much as, you know, I'm a great communicator, you know, I was a little bit intimidated to just walk up to people and start conversation, but yeah. there I was talking to people. And I started talking to someone who, you know, we were talking about communication and all this stuff. Yeah. And it turned out he was a owner of another peer agency. And when he found out that I was an owner of a peer agency, he was done talking to me. He did not want to continue the conversation. And that really struck me. I thought that was crazy. I thought, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to steal your business. We can learn from each other. We can help yes. each other. There's no reason why we can't collaborate. So that's always been my mantra. And in fact, when I first started Resound, Part of the, the point of starting was that at my first agency that I worked at as an employee, we built a lot of trust with our clients and they yes. would say, well, we love working with you. Can you help us with this yes. other thing yes. or this other thing? And we would say, well, no, we don't do that. You got to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's crazy. Let's find other agencies that we can Absolutely. partner with and give these clients who trust us a full service program without necessarily having our own social media department, our own graphic design department, all of those things. So yeah. we're really, we've been built on that concept of working mm -hmm. with other agencies from the beginning. It's so important and mm -hmm. it benefits everyone. It does. And it's, what's really great too is, because that's exactly the same thing that we do. Um, and, uh, and we're absolutely transparent because what we'll say yes. is, you know what? Would you like us to project manage the team and kind right. of make sure like be a facilitator for you because maybe you don't speak the language well we speak it so we can help out and and i think people are getting more um comfortable with that concept because a one-stop shop is not it's a bunch of crappy products and one really 100%. killer product right a hundred percent yes if you have me building your website you'd hate the website <laughs> You'd hate exactly. it. You'd hate I tell it. the I tell this to clients all the time. I said, I know, I know you love us, but trust me, you would not love our website development or our SEO. <laughs> we don't do that. It's not our wheelhouse. Like you said before, work with the experts and mm -hmm. then have the experts work with each other. Everyone should be able to work together. And I think that's an important characteristic. If you're working with an agency that isn't willing to work with someone else, that's a red flag. Oh, it, it sure is. I call them thirsty turtles. Because the agencies that are like, uh, like I, we had a we had a, um, a client that um, took things in another direction, which always means they found someone that's going to do everything for like ten percent of yes. what we charge. <laughs> and I was just like, "That's adorable. See you in a couple of months." Right. Um, and uh, then um, so I was looking at they sh they shared a um, a communication with me that had like all of the back and forth with that you know how clients do sometimes they of like course. send you too much of the deep that they shouldn't. Yes. Have. 
and I'm reading through it and it was just like, hey, it, basically the, the company was saying, hey, do you do this? I'll do it for you. Hey, you do this? I'll do it for you. Hey, and they were saying, yeah, perfect. Yes, because they were the prices were ridiculous. Of they course. And it's kind of like, oh my gosh. And this is like something out there for everybody. If you're listening to me, if you're talking to somebody and they're giving you everything for nothing and they're trying to grab everything that you own and all of your passwords, they are wrapping you in their vines so you can't get out. Yeah. So make sure that you're really cautious. And I'm not saying everyone does this, but there's a certain approach there is. Where they get really entangled. And then you're like, how do I untangle this? You're stuck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, listen, there's been many a time that we've inherited accounts from, you know, someone who delivered a lot of promises that they did not deliver on. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we struggle all the time with how do we price our services to be fair? Right. We want to be competitive. It's great to be able to get a deal, but you cannot devalue your services. At the end of the day, you really do get what you pay for within a certain range. You know, there there are certainly high and low levels of that range. But if someone's promising you the world for a fraction of what every other agency is telling you, something's not right with that story. Absolutely. And I think that also it's you're hiring people to be specialists, not to be your lackeys, not to be your interns. Um, and, and for us, as soon as the, the relationship shifts into that kind of intern phase, yeah. we, we'll try to disengage with the client just because that's not why you're hiring. That's not why you're spending the money. So that exactly. shows that you're not getting it. Cause when we, when we have, um, we'll get a lot of, I'll be on a lot of prospect calls and I know I'm the rebound boyfriend. I know oh. I'm the rebound guy. And, the and, and it's, <laughs> and it's kind of like, so, um, so we had a really bad experience with social media. I don't think it works for us. And I'm like, hey, you're talking to me though. Right. So <laughs> let's let's dissect this. Let's figure out how we can course correct here. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that you know one of the most important things is to have trust between yeah. you know the brand and an agency. I think, like you said, if they're not relying on you as an expert, then you know, they don't need you, right? They, they mm-hmm. think they have all the answers. They don't need you. The, the key is to work collaboratively. And one of the things that we've done in the last, actually earlier this year, we relaunched our website and we really put a message of integrity front and center. Yeah. And this is really important to us because, and honestly, I think, unfortunately, this is why PR sometimes gets a bad rep. It's known for you know, spin, right? So being candid about what you can and cannot do for a brand to us is very important. And I've, you know, had opportunities for business where I truly didn't think it was either a fit for us or the brand had or needed to do PR in the moment. And I've been upfront about that. And yes, I've lost money on that, but ultimately it's benefited me in the long run because our clients know they can trust us to tell them, what they should and shouldn't be doing. And we're not just trying to sell them and get the business in the door. And because of that, we have really long-term clients yeah. and that's important to us. You know, We wanna mm-hmm. make sure that we're doing right by the brands that we're working with. There's a lot of things that you can say that you'll do for a brand, especially with PR um, and a lot of things that just don't work and you have to be honest about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, and this is kind of a good segue into um, pricing. Now, this is, and I'm going to say this up front, just as a soapbox moment, if you are hiring an agency and it's going to be a few thousand dollars for a campaign per month, 
you're getting like multiple people that are all experts working on you with laser precision that you don't have to pay healthcare for, that you 100%. don't have to pay workers comp for, that there's no taxes involved and it's like string free and they know exactly what they're doing and you don't have to recruit them. You don't have to train <laughs> them. Right. I mean, I could go on and on. This right. is one of the things you're like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be that expensive. I'm just like, well, welcome to the world. I mean, absolutely. Exactly. And I love that you're saying that because we do often take the example of, well, what would you pay someone to do this in-house? Let's take right. that salary mm-hmm. and break that down. We'll probably beat the salary eventually because you're going to have to promote this person and mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And like you said, you're getting a full team of people who know what they're doing, who have experience, who have relationships, and you don't have to bother with giving them days off or giving them healthcare or any of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said is that they have experience and also they have contacts. And this is, this is so important when you're dealing with a PR company, especially. Um, And also, even if you're dealing with any agency that you're working with, if the agency operates with blinders on and they can't offer you additional value in terms of the contacts that they have or people in their network that are experts that they can refer to, um, you want to get someone that has a little bit more connective tissue, I guess, to the outside world and other things that you can help for. So they can actually kind of, if you really trust them, they can give you more value and that's free, free value for you. Right. Absolutely. So so how how much should people spend on affiliate PR or regular PR? So that's a good question. So with affiliate PR or anything uh, that any kind of marketing campaign that will potentially drive sales, right. that can kind of change how you're looking at pricing, right? So as an example, we worked with a weighted blanket actually um, last year to do affiliate PR. And ultimately the sales that they generated from affiliate PR paid for their entire PR program and then some, wow. which was not always the case. So I'm not going to go out there and yeah. say that's always going to happen to everyone, but that was window. really a fantastic, yeah, a fantastic opportunity for them. And um, they were able to, to cover all of their costs. And so if you're looking at something that will drive sales, sometimes you can have a little bit more leeway with that budget because you're going to kind of make it back. Um, you know, when, when you're talking about visibility and credibility, that's where it gets a little tricky because people don't want to pay for something they don't necessarily, you know, they can't touch and feel and see right away. Um, so, you know, we've seen budgets I've seen, um, I'll say this, I was going to say that we've seen freelancers at the lower end and then people who find a really terrific freelancer Mm-hmm. can do something on a lower budget, but we're actually seeing the prices of freelancers up in the three, $4,000 a month range. Mm-hmm. So then when you're looking at an agency, you're going to be higher than that. And that could be anywhere from 5,000 a month to, you know, $25,000 a month and up. It really depends on yeah. mm-hmm. your goals. Again, how many audiences are you looking to reach? How many different things mm-hmm. are you trying to do at once? You know, are you telling a lot of stories to a lot of different people? Are you running, you know, multiple campaigns or multiple events or things that you need to get out there at the same time? Or are you taking more of a focused approach? We're hitting one audience a month. And so that might be a slightly lower budget because it's all about time in the end. We have to spend the time building the campaign, reaching out to people. And, you know, to the point about contacts, it almost, you know, it's not a guarantee. We could know 
everyone at the Wall Street Journal, if the story mm -hmm. isn't a fit or there at the right time, you need to be able to follow up and, and find the right person and find the right moment. Well, talking about um, going in terms of, we were talking about results a little bit. Um, how do you help people on that results journey? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you explain um, to your clients and set expectations that are manageable? Yeah, I think we, we talk often in terms of the process and we're very upfront about expectations and we look at sort of a 30, 60, 90 day and beyond yep. framework. Um, ultimately with PR, again, we may know people, but you, the brand are new to these people and we need to make a really compelling case for them to start talking about you. So that does take time. And so yep. we're really upfront about kind of managing those expectations and again, we like to start with that conversation about goals, because if your goal is to drive sales or drive leads within 30 days, PR is not for you. That is not what you're going to accomplish in that time frame. It's very rare. Even with affiliate or paid opportunities, it's not going to happen in that time frame. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we talk to our clients very openly and we try to get to the bottom of what are the goals and then we're really focused on what we need to accomplish those goals. So again, we'll have the client come in and say, I want to be on the Today Show. I want to be in the Wall Street Journal. Great. Let's take a look at the kinds of stories that you see on the Today Show and in the Wall Street Journal. Because I'll tell you, we have countless clients who come to us and say that and have never read the Wall Street Journal or watched <laughs> the Today Show. So, you know, you, you really need to know what those stories are. It's not as simple as saying, I'm, I have a great story. My mom thinks it's an amazing founder story. I should be on there. Let's really watch. Let's read. Let's show you what it takes. And we provide them with what we call a win document, what I need, mm -hmm. which is here are the elements. This is the recipe for a successful story. And let's work together to pull these components together and get it to our contacts. Okay, the, the story, a story just came into my mind and I think you get a kick out of it. I was talking to um, a, a friend of mine who has a PR agency and um, she was telling me that, to your point about not even reading the, the, the press they wanna be in, um, someone asked her about four months ago to get her on the Oprah Winfrey show. And she said, I'm sorry, the Oprah Winfrey show hasn't been on the air for about 10 years. I can't believe you're telling the story because that I have the same story. If Are you I kidding me? <laughs> had a dollar for everyone who has asked me to get them on Oprah since Oprah has gone off the air, I wouldn't have to work ever again. That's so funny. I need to talk to this person because we must be talking to the same, same one. Yes, it's Oprah. So Everybody wants to be on Oprah. It's like heartbreaking to have to tell them that Oprah has not had a show in decades. Yeah, I, we had, um, it was so funny. Like I, cause just from being at, um, because the, when the PR firm that I work with did lots of um, publicity when I was in the firm and um, every single person wanted to be on Oprah's favorite things, Oprah's right. favorite things, oh. Oprah's book club, Oprah's book club. And then I had, um, so I've always heard this every time I talk about PR, they're always saying the same things. Um, I had a, uh, I had a client the other day and I was, I said, well, can you share it with all of your meaningful media hits? And they shared, they shared them with me. And I was like, oh, okay, you've been on this. You've been on Oprah's favorite things list for two years. And they didn't tell me that. Oh my gosh. I was like, oh that my God, is unbelievable. Cool with Oprah over here. <laughs> 
That is crazy. Well, actually, though, here's a great tie back to affiliate PR, because what we've noticed, so Oprah, of course, does still have a magazine. Yeah. Um, and she does do her favorite things. And that is a, a hot list for holiday. But what we noticed the last few years is that all of the items that she has on her hot list are available on Amazon. It's a partnership with Amazon. Wow. And if you're not on Amazon, you are not making Oprah's favorite things these days. And that's a shame for other brands, but hmm. that's the reality. That's a really good example of how there's this subtle shift hmm. where, you know, the magazines are saying, all right, we're going to do this partnership with Amazon. We're going to get a nice little cut of everyone who buys those products and the brands are going to get great recognition because they're on the Oprah list. Yeah, I mean, mind blowing, right? That's amazing. <laughs> but like, it has to. It's smart though, because if everyone else is doing it, come on, this is the list everyone looks at. Absolutely. So it makes it makes total sense. Um, yeah, and again, it that's where you see the credibility is still a factor there, and that's why I don't deem this fully pay for play yet, because mm -hmm. there's you still have a balance. So, are there other earned or paid opportunities out there for consumer companies or corporate companies? Yeah, actually for um, corporate companies, what we're seeing, that's very interesting. And, and again, dilutes things a little bit, but on the thought leadership front, we're seeing a lot of media outlets providing paid opportunities to be a columnist. So Forbes is doing this, Entrepreneur is doing this. A number of you know pretty well-recognized media outlets oh, are company. offering opportunities to join the, for, with Forbes, it's the Forbes councils. And you can pay, you know, anywhere from $2,000 and up to for the year to be a part of it. But once you're in there, you can post, you know, many, many articles and it's great. I think it's mm -hmm. a terrific way of being there. You're still part of Forbes. And I think it's a terrific way to, to get recognition. For sure. Um, how about for consumer companies? For consumer companies, we're seeing, like you said, a lot of deals, a lot of ways to be on segments that, you know, you can kind of pay your way in with a giveaway, with a sponsorship of some mm. sort. Um, the morning show opportunity that I mentioned to you earlier is fantastic because it feels like a regular Natural, morning yeah. show. It's a sponsored mm -hmm. segment. We're seeing a lot more of this. I, I'm seeing a lot of, um, again, the broadcast stations all across the country right. need to increase revenues and so they're looking for creative ways to do it so, like going forward i mean obviously it's pr's changed a lot over the last few years which and it's so funny and i and i say this like to i say this to all the all of all my prospect calls I, I always say you know just because we had this pandemic situation go down um everyone had a lot of time to work on things so everyone's releasing a lot of different things and everything is changing really fast so yeah. it takes us, it takes me a lot longer to figure out what the changes are and, and like launching a new campaign. It, it's, there's new things to be, to look at. Um, what, what things do you see? Like, is there any trends that you foresee happening kind of like in the few, in the next coming year, that's kind of like bubbling up now? From a PR standpoint? From a PR standpoint, yeah. Yeah, I think that, like I said earlier, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a divide between the paid and the earned. So right now you're seeing a lot of hybrid opportunities. Yeah. And I think we're going to start to see more of a, a clear division between mm. what is paid and what is earned. I think people are getting a little bit more aware of, you know, what's what. 
Um, now that doesn't mean that the paid is bad and the earned is good. It simply means that there's going to be, I think, a lot more transparency yes. around what's what. And I think that's fine. I think that at the end of the day, you know, people want to hear from brands. They want to see what's out there. They trust the media. And so they're still going to be looking for that advice, that product information, that thought leadership right. from the sources that they know and trust. It's just a matter of being a little bit more transparent with, you know, which, which way you're going with it. I would also say that we're encouraging companies to take advantage of those paid PR opportunities. I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with it. I think that, you know, again, as long as there's transparency around it, that's the key. I, I don't love it when it's a hidden, you know, you think that it's earned, but it's actually paid. Right. But as long as people are being upfront, visibility is still in a very important part of PR. And so if everybody's going to be doing paid, or if Oprah is only going to take Amazon brands, you have to find other ways to get mm -hmm. that visibility. And right. so I, I don't think there's any shame in doing pay for play as long no. as you know it, it's clear what it is and it's transparent. I completely agree with you. And I think it's all part of your entire marketing, uh, the marketing wheel, you know what I mean? And how you're going to be telling your story because you are going to be doing ads. You could do ads in French, you can online. It could be Absolutely. Um, on Hulu. I mean, it could be everywhere. So why not do a segment? I mean, it just makes total sense to me. I mean, if I can do, yeah. free, if I can do organic or paid, which is yeah. our terms, the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Do a little bit of both. You know, I, we're seeing a lot of, I'm glad you mentioned Hulu because we're seeing so many other ways to get out there. So many new channels you can advertise on and promote oh, yeah. yourself. So I think that's the other trend that we're keeping an eye on, which is again, PR doesn't live in a bubble. What are all of the other things that a brand could do and have in their toolkit to increase visibility? Where does PR fit in the mix? But let's look at some of those other elements. I think some of those things are really brilliant. Things like Hulu and Spotify, you know, everybody's home and mm -hmm. they're using these, these apps and watching, you know, these shows. So it's a, it's a really great new opportunity. So it's important, I think, overall to always be looking at what's emerging. Mm -hmm. Another example I'll, I'll mention is Clubhouse. You know, we're seeing a lot yeah. of brands mm -hmm. saying, well, how can we leverage this? And I know Facebook just started testing their yeah. own potential competitor to Clubhouse. So it's really important to keep an eye on these things. And, and ultimately, when it comes to PR, the definition is constantly changing. So we can't just sit and say, well, it's just old school traditional PR and that's all it is. We have to look at all these other avenues and how they all tie in with each other. It, it, you're completely right. And I hope people are listening because you know the next, the next trend that's going to be coming up in terms of uh, you know, promotion is going to be VR. VR is going to really explode yeah. over the next few years. And that is a terrifying subject to a lot of people, but here's the thing. What become friends, become staples and become dinosaurs and a third of the time that it used to happen like 10 years ago. So <laughs> you have to be like looking at things. Whereas like, it's kind of like, I think video is gonna be the next big right. trend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's been the last 20 years of my life, right? But now Absolutely. it is, it is. Now they're like moving on to like, you're talking about Clubhouse, they're moving on to voice and Absolutely. now VR and then AI. It's like, there's lots of different things that are happening. You have to kind of look at, what's coming down the pike and maybe how you can harness it or find someone to help you figure out how to do it. 
Absolutely. I, I'd also look at how you are getting creative about marketing and make that a PR story in and of itself, because we had a client who actually did a brilliant clubhouse initiative and we pitched that to the marketing media because Cool. The marketing media is very yeah. interested in how brands are using Clubhouse. So, you know, and then that's something that they promoted on social media and on their website. So you can turn anything that you're doing into another opportunity within the marketing mix, which is lots of fun, you know, and yeah. it just gives more ways to grow your brand. And also for people to get closer to your brand and understand it. Like it shows the different sides of your personality. I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of leaning in now to finding different shades of their personality. Even, I mean, like a major brands using TikTok is crazy. And it's crazy. just, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see it because it's showing that people are starting to experiment a little bit about with other mediums. And that allows other people to get in the sandbox and play around and experiment. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you talk about social media um, influencers, when you're talking about TikTok and uh, you see it on, on YouTube and Instagram as well, this has a lot of crossover also. This is a great example of where PR and social media come together, right? Because we look at also earned and paid opportunities with influencers. Yep. And yeah, TikTok, we work with a lot of toy and game brands and the YouTube kid influencers is just a crazy oh, universe yeah. that you just can't even believe exists oh, yeah. the kind of money that some of them are making. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, a really important channel to keep an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alana, it's been so great speaking with you. You have Thank some you really so much fantastic... for having me. This was fun. I feel like we could go on for hours. We'll yeah, I know, that. right? <laughs> um, so um, where can people learn more about um, Resound and find you? Absolutely. Check out our website. It's resoundmarketing.com. Uh, that's where you'll also find all of our social media channels. And we have uh, some great case studies on there, blog posts, and more about our services. And just to the point of transparency, we have all of our services up there, including pricing. So you can see exactly what you're getting if nice. you want to work with us. Yeah. Good. Full transparency. Also full transparency. If you're listening or watching this, all the links to Alana and Resound are in the bio. So in the description of this episode. So Alana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you. So we have some really great episodes coming up in the future few weeks. If there's a topic that you'd like for us to cover, go over to my website, gosalesandmarketing.com. Um, then just there's like social media buttons, click them, talk to me. There's a contact page. You can talk to me there. There's a chat. There's, oh, there's ways of getting to me. So <laughs> if you have, if you have, if you have a show idea or you want to be a guest or you have some questions, just shoot them over. I'd love to hear from you. Um, but until next time, folks, this is Christopher Tompkins for the Social Marketing Academy. Take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.